This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon, and in the name of the moon, you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words with no faith is empty. I stayed the course, though my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah we got another great show for you today with our talk topic actually technically it's two i'm going to be talking about peter pan and wendy because honestly normally i would not talk about a live action movie of a disney well that's not true but there's a reason why i'm doing this i'm actually defending this movie because the big controversy about this movie was the fact that Tinkerbell wasn't what everybody wanted them to be. And in fact, Tinkerbell was basically played by Yara uh, Shahidi from Blackish and Grownish. Like, that was the only reason why you're going to bomb on this movie, like prematurely. So I decided I'm going to support this movie. I'm going to watch it and I'm going to give my thoughts on what I thought of the movie. Of course, because this is a live action adaptation of Peter Pan, it would be, I would be remiss if I didn't compare it to Hook. And I know a lot of people are, especially those who grew up during the times when I grew up and we got to see that movie starring Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman, which was absolutely fantastic to this day. And you know, how is this gonna live up? Is How are they gonna play this? This is a, a new, this is really a retelling of the Disney version of the Peter Pan book. And guys got to remember, like Peter Pan didn't originate from Disney. Disney took the story from the 1950, uh, was it 1953, uh, book and basically just put their own spin on it and put their own Disney spin on it. This is a more modern version, a new telling and a, you know, 
and a chance to show a lot more representation if you will and they did that so we will talk about that and what i thought about it is it worth watching um and it just because it just overall not just because they changed the character ethnicity in this thing it's just ridiculous it's just more of the it's just more of the ridiculousness that we're going through in this world right now so we'll talk about that uh, in due times but also wanted to talk about marvel's agents of shield whether you realize it or not it's been 10 years since the debut of that show it's they came out in 2013 it is 2023 does that show still hold up and we're going to talk about why it is impossible for that series to not be connected to the mcu so we're going to go back and look back and this is one of those situations where i say like we we have these arguments all the time we had these debates we had these conversations if you will on social media regarding factual information or what we know about the you know things like the mcu comics you know whatever whatever your fandom is but we have these conversations without thoroughly looking back and a lot of times we try to win a conversation without any merit of memory or understanding of what we're doing and you know this is one of those situations where kevin feige a while back said that they're they're disconnecting the marvel the the ages of shield show from the marvel cinematic universe and i'm going to talk about why that is the dumbest thing he's ever said and i don't take that seriously at all so stay tuned for that that's going to be on our talk topic but we got a lot more news to talk about so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg All right, so let's start with a huge congratulations to the Super Mario Brothers movie and everybody involved in it because they just hit a milestone. According to reports, everybody's favorite plumbing duo just hit $1 billion in the box office despite John Leguizano's protests. By the end of today, the movie will hit $1 billion in the box office globally. That is insane. Like, I if you listen to episodes of this show i said that this movie and it i mean it's like like no really big premonition or anything it's like i, I didn't say anything that nobody else knew this this movie was going to kill it in the box office i didn't know to this extent but this is damn near like black panther level blow up okay um i figured this was going to be like as big of a phenomenon as we seen spider-man as we've seen with x-men as we've seen with um can i say batman you know the michael keaton batman it's in that it's in that level now it's well in that level of making a big impact I, oh i would add you know jim henson's teenage mutant ninja turtles that movie the live action movie when it first came out major 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 success and super mario brothers this version of super mario brothers i should say it was a no-brainer i i said it before years ago especially decades ago actually especially after i watched the the live adaptation of it in the 90s it's like you know if they with the and this was that during that time we didn't have 3d animated 
movies at the time like we do now. We didn't have CGI movies. Like we were just starting the era of 3D animation and all that stuff during that time. That's how long ago that was. But I knew when 3D animation came in and it started getting better, especially when Pixar came around. I'm like, if they manage to do a Super Mario Brothers movie fully in CGI, I think they will be able to take liberties with it and do exactly and create the movie experience that we all want with the and, and create an exact experience of what Super Mario Brothers was is. This was the perfect time to do it, and they did exactly that. And as a result, everybody just you know rave reviews all around. You know, if anybody if anybody didn't like it, it's like you you don't see or hear those people because the volume of people who did like it overwhelms that. So it's it's uh this is a absolutely great thing and there's a lot of talks of you know talking about sequels or even other you know uh movies that are thinking about coming out to create maybe a universe if you will a, a smash universe if you will and he kind of gave hints of a smash brothers type of you know deal in here so even if they did do a legend of zelda movie next which i think will be absolutely fantastic um and other movies just to create this new world you know comics have done a tremendous job capturing the um the movie scene for for like over a decade or so way over a decade now video games it's time and we've seen a lot of great you know video game adaptations lately like sonic the hedgehog has been awesome um the, the first two has been fantastic so we've seen some success i would almost say like sonic the hedgehog can be like the blade of video game movies right now because it's you know especially because we haven't had any really good you know video game movies but of late but you know mortal kombat the recent mortal kombat was pretty good too and we're expecting a sequel coming from that last of us on on max i hate the fact we can't say hbo max now but it's now called max you know phenomenal absolutely tremendous and now we're gonna see a twisted metal action comedy but we'll talk about that in a minute <laughs> but um you know it, it's it's safe to say that we are now in a great path to creating some really awesome uh homages to our favorite games and super mario brothers can be said is like the spider-man of the video game era okay if if like sonic the hedgehog is like you know i say it's like blade i would also say it's like x-men 2 in a sense and how it really just put a boom into saying we can finally make some good films based on our favorite games now and it's happening this was absolutely tremendous also note that um there's a pre-order right now going on for digital significantly this movie is going in for 29.99 which is like ten dollars more than most digital copies are coming with so i find that very interesting and they're very confident that people are going to buy and I hate to say it, but I really like this movie. I'm going to get the digital version, uh, even if that at that price. But I'm hoping with that said, we also get a lot of, you know, behind the scenes incentives with that because, uh, you know, they're striking with the irons hot and they should. But I'm at the same time, I'm hoping they give us some money's worth. Nintendo usually do. So I think it, it'll be interesting. I think they're going to 
I think they're going to make it big during the digital distributions and, and Blu-ray sales and whatnot. No word on how much the Blu-ray will cost or whether it will include a special bundle package either. So we will see what happens because if they do, I think that's going to make a lot of money too. And Nintendo normally likes to give a little bit extra when it comes to doing stuff like this. So I, you see how they did with the promotion. It, this, and, and this also goes to show. You guys got to look back at how, and I talked about this on so many episodes leading up to the actual premiere of the movie. They do so good. They did they did some of the best promotions of any movie I've ever seen. I mean, every week you saw a different graphic on on social media, a different uh, hype promo coming. Uh, they they showed a lot. They did a lot. They we this movie was imprinted in our heads you know, anticipating this whole entire thing. And the results, it just goes to show great promotion and consistency, consistent promotion. This is what happens when you treat, you give some love to the product. When you have enough money to put in and invest in the product for promotion. I can't even imagine how much promotion costs because this movie, the, 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 the commercial for this movie, no matter what channel you were watching, it was airing on every major, you know, channel that you that gets ratings and it aired every single time. So the budget for the promotional aspect had to be astronomical and they're getting it back in strives. OK, people need to take really, really, truly need to take a look at how this was done from a promotional marketing standpoint in it's it just overall, man, it's, it's just really, they, they out, they, it almost seems like they out Disney, Disney <laughs> in this case, but kudos to them. And I can't wait to watch this again, you know, in the, in the comfort of my own home. It's, it's just such an awesome movie. It was damn near the perfect video game movie, in my opinion. So kudos to them. Unfortunately, I can't say the same about PC gamers who is suffering once again with another game issue. Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which I'm currently playing right now, is the latest game to experience performance issues on PC. Many PC gamers have experienced bugs, glitches, and frame rate issues during their play of, of the Star Wars sequel. Some of it stems from PC owners not having the proper requirements to play the game with, uh, with stability. Meanwhile, gamers who are playing on both the PS5 and Xbox seems to be seems to have less issues, even less on the Xbox, on a, on a pay, uh, PlayStation 5. I myself have been playing right now for 11 hours. I've invested 11 hours in the game with no significant issues. There's and, and like the issues that you see are very minor in comparison to what I've been uh, hearing about what's going on a PC. If you recall, PC gamers also had performance issues with The Last of Us and hugely huge issues on that one, like cosmetic issues and everything. Um, and that wasn't too long ago. Again, what is going on? You know, I can tell you possibly what's going on. One, they claim, you know, EA went on social media, possibly su suggested that some people are using high end, you know, GPUs with low end CPUs that may not create the stability that they are looking for. So here's the problem that I see. And I may actually go further with this on an episode of Select Start, uh, my video game podcast. But one of the issues here that I see is that 
you gotta here's the thing pc gaming is one big flex that's all it is playing your games on a pc is nothing more than a huge flex just because the only benefit that you get out of pc gaming is better frame rate and resolution which to me it's not that big of a deal it's honestly having better frame rate and better resolution does not hinder your experience of a game more than it does on any of the console games it just doesn't you try to make it seem like it is but the people who play the same games on a ps5 or xbox series xs to those who play it on a pc have the same exact experience i am so tired of hearing about you know it is the highest form of resolution and frame rate so what it doesn't matter like the ps5 and the xbox series xs is nothing to sneeze at they are some awesome looking games and honestly at the end of the day most people the casual gamers don't care about that who are you trying to impress this is the same situation with nfts it's like you're spending thousands to millions of dollars on a jpeg that depreciates after you open it a hundred times losing information and pixelation on an image but they're telling you something special it's really not it is a gimmick and in this case with pc if i'm correct gp last time i checked and of course i'm hoping that it goes lower because in 2020 i camped out in front of a computer store hoping to get a gpu not for not to mine crypto but just to you know update upgrade my you know computer to be able to play um you know not to play to be able to do it for graphic and per for graphic purposes multimedia purposes if you will i am a multimedia developer i have clients i need to upgrade my stuff five years ago 10 years ago it wouldn't have been a problem to go in here to get a gpu but now this whole crypto thing at the time was taken up you know everybody and then the fact that we weren't able to manufacture anymore because factories were shut down so they were limited that gave people an opportunity to up the price of these gpus some of them being from ranging from as low as 600 to maybe 2000 which was astronomical so you're paying all this money for a gpu and even still like here's the deal 600 for a gpu is still a hell of a lot of money um even 400 it's still a hell of a lot of money and then you got to get a processor so that can handle all this weight and it has to be good enough to be able to handle all the weight of a you know of a hugely powerful game like you know um last of us or spider-man or anything that requires ray tracing and, and high-end graphics and all that stuff and 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 and, and, and animation and whatnot that's going to require a lot of stuff so here's the thing a lot of people get computers built to do these things rather than just go get a game console which is like hundreds of dollars less in comparison playstation is like 400 yeah that's expensive but guess what you're getting you're, you're guaranteed more stability in a game console than you are with a computer because if you don't know what you're doing on a computer you you're taking a risk and then on top of that your computer will eventually 
be obsolete because you're gonna have to upgrade it again so that's enough like this is one of those cases where, again much like you do with live service games and all the stuff which we talked about you got to do the math because is it really worth it are you getting like the are you would, would you got to look do pros and cons what experience are you getting that you're not getting in in, in a pc world and is it worth it who are you impressing <laughs> when you do this it's not it's nothing but a big pointless pretentious purchase in a flex that's all it is but is the flex worth it it's just like when people went to go buy the stadia then the google stadia before even seeing if it ever worked but they got it just because it was the newest trendiest thing and they just paid for it unbeknownst to them not smartly thinking does this thing work because we didn't get a live demo on this when they presented it at e3 and now look what happened so most likely you will be spending at least a thousand dollars buying just a gpu and the cpu and a processor alone that's not even adding to the fact of like you know the power supply the motherboard all that stuff like you're spent i spent like a couple grand on my computer customly built not for gaming for work related stuff that's it I, what i'm doing right now that's an investment <laughs> that's a tax write-off okay what these kids are doing is just pointless you could get an xbox you could get a playstation you could get a nintendo switch get the same experience a lot less like i don't understand like kids let me know i i don't you know maybe i'm just too grown folk and you know cautious but i don't see the issue i have so many great experiences playing god of war or horizon zero dawn or any fighting game or any game for that matter on a playstation 5 on a nintendo switch than i have with a pc what am i getting out of this what are you doing what you gotta tell me what are you doing because taking resolution and frame rate out of uh, out of the phrase what is this doing for you other than you you're spending money probably money that you probably don't even have or can't afford or you could possibly do it you know using that for other things like probably getting more games or probably you know getting something else that will benefit you <laughs> or even going out on a date who knows <laughs> okay so the whole pc thing we're starting to see you know um cracks in the ice with this or cracks in the in in, in the armor if you will with this thing because this is it, this is not the first pc game that this thing uh that has happened we've seen many games that were meant for the consoles before not perform as well on pc but you will hear pc gamers hardcore pc gamers not all pc gamers but you will hear hardcore pc gamers deflect from the from the truth that what we call confirmation bias i believe in which is like even though the basically is the truth is right in front of you but you're still denying it even though it's literally right in front of you and it, it's it's ridiculous guys just go to get a game console because it, here's the reason being the efficiency level of a game console is more likely to succeed than in pc it's like a lot of these games are meant to be played on console games and more more than anything 
the stability level like when you make a game for the playstation 5 you know what you're expecting you know what you you know what you're getting yourself into you know what you have to develop for you know the it's basically a template you know of what you need to do in order to make your game uh stable on a game console pc is like you need these requirements they're making it for these requirements only hopefully you can get those requirements and hopefully it plays as good you know maybe we'll see but the stability level is way more efficient is is much better on a console that's just the truth yeah you won't get the resolution that you want and who needs all that resolution you won't get the frame rate but you'll still get the fun you'll still get the same experience you'll still enjoy the same stories the characters the control schemes everything and i, I would also debate like you get a I, can, I guess Xbox has a rumble feature in their controllers too, I'm pretty sure. PlayStation has their DualSense controllers, which I absolutely enjoy playing most games with the uh, with the adaptive play and adaptive triggers and whatnot that plays in and it makes things a lot more immersed into the gameplay. Dude, like, come on, get with it. Just l let's just move on with the PC thing, okay? Because it's starting, to, it's starting to show it's is really starting to show his uh itself out in a big way so all right let's move on to better things ant-man and the wasp quantum mania we finally got a release date it's finally coming to disney plus on may 17th uh that is 89 days from its premiere date in the theaters i felt like i could have sworn that it was supposed to come out in may i mean in, in um in april i could have sworn it was supposed to come out in april but I, I you know I, I see no signs of this but i felt like they delayed it for some reason but the blu-ray and ultra um hd version will be available on may 16th as well now i mentioned this before but if you notice some of the newest uh, the the current promotions for the movie have been showing jonathan majors as kang the conqueror in here which is something that they have not done since his allegations came on but since they have you know his team have shown evidence of his now ex-girlfriend not looking like she was hurt or she had again okay. i'm just saying as a person who had operations on parts of his body before from injuries if i'm have a broken finger I'm not going to a club. I'm not hanging around after his art. You can't enjoy yourself with a broken finger. It's a broken finger. I'm going straight to the hospital. I'm calling the cops. I'm doing whatever. It's like, come on. You do not hang around with friends with a bro. If you if your friends hang around you, knowing you have a broken finger, how good are your friends? How good are the people that you're around if they know that you have a broken finger? Like, nobody's talking about that. That was the claim that she had a broken finger, some bruises around her. And she's just going around hours on end. They're, they have video footage of her going hours on end. As if she didn't have anything going on at all. And since then, I guess this is like a power play on her or her team. They put a restraining order against Jonathan Majors, like, you know, putting, making sure that he's nowhere near her to which 
his lawyer or lawyers and team said that that's fine. He doesn't want to have anything to do with it. And I think in the event of them finding the evidence that they needed, this was their power play to possibly try to project the perspective, you know, public opinion back at him. Because if she's doing this to keep him away, then it still makes her seem like she's the victim in this case. But the footage is out there. And if this case goes through, they got to put that in. Like, we can't ignore this. We all saw this footage based upon what she was claiming. I'm just saying. I mean, we don't know how this is going to go. And plus, there's there's word that there's more to come in this situation. So it's far from over. But right now, it just looks like, you know, she, she doesn't look good at her side. Nobody looks good in this situation regardless. But she doesn't look good at her side. And people are talking, I'm really tired of people saying that, you know, his career is going to be over, even if he wins. That's BS. If his career is over, I'm calling BS on the country in terms of, you know, you know, races again, because remember a guy named Johnny Depp who was vilified the first time around when him and Amber Heard had a case and then they had another case and he won. And now he's like a household name again. Everybody loves Johnny Depp. Why can't the same thing for be for Jonathan Majors? I don't want to hear it. If this dude wins, he better get his he better get his recognition back from not only just the studios, not only his team, but also from from the you know the the public opinion of the fans and people around him. This dude, like come on, it, it cannot be that much of a double standard in this case because these the similar things with Johnny Depp and, and Jonathan Majors are kind of similar. But Johnny Depp gets a free pass and Jonathan Majors don't. I don't even want to hear it. If I, I swear to God, that better not happen. <laughs> that just it's just ridiculous. But, it, you know, judging and I, you know, I'm just just from my perspective, my I'm just drawing an inference here. Nothing concrete. But based on the fact that we're seeing Jonathan Majors in these actual clips of the commercials for, uh, for the promotion of the um the blu-ray as well as the disney plus still leads me to believe that disney may be on further on the side of majors because if they thought that he didn't if they, if they really thought that he did do it i should say trust me when i tell you they would not put him on air in fact they if it was as bad as i if as we think it is this movie wouldn't see the light of day because he's so he's the big he's the big villain of this of this um movie so he i i think the idea that they're promoting this movie and they're advertising this movie again and adding him on there tells me that they are they are supporting him they're backing him up rather silently or whatever there it seems like that they're backing him up on this and trust me from experience as a guy who had to you know if, do evaluations of my own uh situations involving somebody who was accused or whatever like that you got to do your due diligence before you make moves and you cannot jump the gun you got to make sure you hear all sides of the story in this case and, and how people react and how actions are happening before you make decisions to support or not support somebody and that's what companies normally do they don't just all right i won't say everybody doesn't jump the gun and i'm i i, I should say pun intended considering you know marvel studios at one point did jump the gun with james gunn which is leading to what's going on right now in his world 
And, you know, it, you just got to be more cautious. You got to use more critical thinking before you make any type of dire decisions and moves. Unfortunately, Jonathan Major's teams didn't do that. They jumped the gun way too fast, in my opinion, and decided to let him go. And, and now all of a sudden this evidence comes up. What happens now? So we'll see how this goes out. You know, I will, you know, a lot of people are just hoping for the best from for Jonathan in this case. And hopefully that it does turn out to be what it is and what we're seeing and hopes that we can get this whole thing can be go through and he could get his situation together, pending that he's not accused of anything or, or you know, um, or convicted of anything of this situation. So but right now it just seems like it's he's in a good right now so we'll see the journey continues or the saga continues with this one all right definitely got to talk about this i want to give my thoughts on the latest transformers rise of the beast trailer which let out a bombshell of news let's just say it man unicron is coming remember i just talked about like with super mario brothers being like this is if all the times to make a Super Mario Brothers movie in, in total CGI in 3D animation, it's now the same goes for Transformers because we've been waiting. You knew if they're doing a live action Transformers movie and they, you know, making these things come to life, eventually us G1 fans are going to want to see Unicron. The same way that we wanted to see Galactus way back then was <laughs> with uh, Fantastic Four, you know, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Hmm. I wonder if there's any similarity there, but, um, now we're getting Unicron. And in fact, we didn't only just get, get Unicron in the, in the uh, latest trailer. We saw him and he looks just like the cart. They like the animated movie from 1985. It looks amazing. We haven't seen, we've seen a glimpse of what he looks like, but we haven't seen him as the planet. So we, I, I this is a huge deal. This is, you can compare this to Thanos. This is like Thanos level big because, you know, back then when Avengers came out and we found out that Thanos was going to be like one of the main villains of a long, long list of uh, movies that was going to come out leading up to Infinity War and Endgame. At the time we were like, I can't believe they're doing this. This is, this is insanely huge because the Infinity Gauntlet story was so epic. It's like, how are you going to put this? Are they going to be able to do this justice and put this on film and make it, give us the impact that we got from the, the story? And the fact is they did because we have the technology to do it now. And the same goes for Transformers. So now we're going to see Unicron and hopefully he looks awesome when he transforms. And hopefully they will let him transform. He is still a giant planet and he is exactly what it looks like. And I'm, I can't wait. It is just awesome. We also, and it, it added to this because this is a hybrid kind of storyline that's basing, that's stemming from, you know, both shows. That's not only G1 Transformers, but they're also mixing it with um, Beast Wars, which I've said many times, Beast Wars is not one of my favorite Transformers, uh, Transformer cartoons because Beast Wars, and mostly because of visual. What I loved about Transformers was the visual designs and the character and, and, and the bot designs that they did for the Transformers, which was, you know, anime like back then. And then he went to Beast Wars and this was like 
we talk about 3D animation. This was Beast Wars was one of the first major 3D animated series to come out when 3D animation became a thing. If you look at uh, shows like that and reboot, which was another, you know, 3D animated show, you can see how limited it was. But you also saw the potential of what it was going to be down the line. Like, I wish they would have did Beast Wars now rather than then. But you could say that Beast Wars Transformers was the prototype. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't like the fact that it was a lot more. It wasn't just a visual with the show. It was the fact that like it was not based on the original Transformers. They did try to connect it to the G1, not successfully, I might add, but they managed to try to do something. They made Ravage talk and, and now it's a bounty hunter. It was so, it, it got it went to a weird place <laughs> at the time. Um, and people forget that in Japan, there was also Beast Wars 2, which I thought was the better uh, Beast Wars cartoon. At the time it had um, Leo Prime, which I actually have a variation of it in my office here. Um, Leo Prime to me was the cooler Optimus Prime deal. And they did Beast Wars in America and Beast Wars in um in Japan actually did a movie, an animated movie. The the animation I felt in Beast Wars was to my liking because it matched that of the original G1 series. So I really liked that then. And then also the fact that the Beast Wars design, the 3D design, they looked like actual animals, but they it was weird. It was like, how did they look like real animals? But then they look like robots to this extent. And it was it to me, I, I never got into it, but I will safely say the design for the Beast Wars, the Beast War animals, the Maximals in this um, movie looks exactly the way I wanted them to look. So I made now and I'll take note. I also did like the uh, Netflix Transformers series when they added Beast Wars to that, too. I thought they did a great job with that, too. And it kind of re. It, it actually convinced me to be a I, I became a a Beast Wars fan at, uh, at this later point because they started doing it justice. Now, the Beast, if, if you haven't watched the Transformers uh, series on Netflix, go out of your way. Watch that is fantastic. It is awesome. And this was the time when you can make an appropriate Beast Wars, you know, uh, anim, you know, 3D animated series and do it justice. And he did uh, Rooster Teeth, I believe, is the one that. Uh, worked on that they they did awesome with that one so you know here in this movie it just looks so awesome so the autobox and the maximals must work together to stop this major threat from eating the planet uh the look of the maximals in unicron is just fantastic however i will point out they did show us will jack who does not look like the g1 will jack he they took on a humanistic form and I swear to goodness, I don't know who came up with the design for this, but Will Jack, and I posted this on the ACMG Facebook group. For those who are in the hip hop, you know this name. Tell me Will Jack does not look like most, strikingly like most deaf. If you look at pictures of most deaf, I actually put out a picture on the ACMG Facebook group of Will Jack in most stuff who's wearing a pair of glasses exactly like will jacks it looks uncanny it, I, I i i can't understand i don't know who who's responsible for that but in hopes most stuff is voicing this i don't know but first of all here's my thing why is a transformer why is an autobot or a decepticon or a cybertronian wearing glasses why does a a robot with optics 
that are made of from a computer like computerized optics why is he why does that why does he need to wear glasses that doesn't make any sense at all like you're a robot you should be able to upgrade your eyes to be able to perform better i hope that they don't say he has vision vision issues because that will be ridiculous okay so i don't know why they're doing that what's the what's the point of this i don't know we'll see but will jackson the movie just not to the to the vision of what you would expect but he does look exactly like most stuff even the lips are like you you gotta compare go find the poster that they have out with will jack and then find a, any picture with most stuff in particular one with him wearing glasses and there's a i'm telling you there's a picture of um, most stuff with him wearing the same glasses or similar glasses to what will jack is wearing they look uncanny it's insane also, what I loved about this is that they picked Ron Perlman to play Optimus Primal. And, it, you know, Peter Cullen is a, is ever awesome Optimus Prime in the reprises role. But come on, if anybody to play a prime, Ron Perlman is a great casting choice right there. You also got Michelle Yale as Air Razor. Great choice for that. Um, Peter Dinklage is Scourge. I'm going to love that. I can't wait to see Scourge. Scourge. If, if scourge is on here it's cyclonus in here as well because that's a that's an because i mean think about it you got you have scourge in here cyclonus was the head of of them and then there there lies the question galvatron you know is he is, is galvatron gonna be here you know it, there's a lot of questions to be asked because technically this transformers is technically a remake of the original michael bay movies i believe they're I, I i don't know they're not supposed to be connected with the michael bay versions we'll have to see um also note that pete davison is playing mirage in here too so that's going to be interesting um no announcements on who is voicing unicron as well as whether galvatron or megatron will appear and whether frank welker will reprise his role which i think they should i don't think they should go out and try to find some hot a-lister or whatever like that let Pete, let frank welker reprise that role because nobody can do megatron or galvatron as good as him okay he's just absolutely he's peter cullen's opposite total opposite man like you can't have peter peter cullen without frank welker you can't have um mark hamill in terms of batman without kevin Conroy. just can't happen it just can't so i'm uh, looking forward to that it's coming out in june another great thing about june is coming it's just going to be awesome so all right let's talk about last thing i'm going to talk about is my thoughts on peter pan and wendy which is available now on disney plus um again the reason why i'm supporting this you know i for first of all i am a fan of peter pan i was i grew up on peter pan watch i started watching the animated cartoon that disney came out with Later on, um, there was a Fox series that came out that was really awesome. I mean, like, it was really, really awesome back then. Uh, you know, it was like, a, uh, it wasn't a Saturday morning cartoon, but it came on like every day. And it was fantastic. And then on top of that, I read the original 1953 book that I used to own, which I'm sad that I don't own it anymore because it's probably a lot of money for that damn book. Um, I don't know if it was the first edition or not, but whatever. Um, but I read those books and like the book, what the things that are happening in a book does not happen in a Disney version because it's some, 
it was very much a little bit more sophisticated, I would say, in the book. Um, and then, of course, we have Hook, which like put on a whole different spin on the Peter Pan storyline. So this version of Peter Pan and Wendy, which is based on J.M. Barry's novel from 1953, is a retelling of the Disney classic. But they managed to uh, spin some things around on this one, too. Let's just say basically I like I, I enjoyed it. Not as much as I did Hook, and I think mostly because it, I think why I I people are going to compare it to Hook because you know Hook hold, held true to a lot of us who grew up watching it because it we watched Peter Pan for years and we loved Peter Pan for years, but then they came out with Hook, starring the late great Robert Williams and um and Dustin Hoffman who played a phenomenal Disney esque version of Captain Hook. Um, and I'll talk about that too. There's going to be a lot of comparing and contrasting in this uh, episode too. So basically, they, you know, Hook took a lot of liberties in a sense of giving you a new perspective on what was happening with Peter Pan. Like what if Peter Pan grew up and what would happen and everything. So he, he left Netherland and ended up growing up and then, you know, forgot about the kids and in uh never neverland but then he came back and then everybody forgot him and then you got rufio played by dante basco which by the way for those in philly uh dante is coming to fan expo so if you are a fan of rufio or any other characters that he played from you know uh avatar or whatnot you're not gonna want to miss that that's awesome and Dude, he's like older, but he still has a, he still comes off. He still feels young and still seems young on camera, man. He's awesome. But, you know, you had Rufio take over the Lost Boys and all that stuff and became like the new Peter Pan and all that stuff. So this, the whole spin of it was brilliant. And it, it, it really captured a lot of people's heart who watched it. Um, you know, I mean, Steven Spielberg, of course, directed this movie and it was, it was fantastic so this movie had a lot of shoes to fill in the eyes of older fans who grew up loving peter pan and enjoying peter pan but you know seeing the live adaptation of it this is kind of based on it i will say this as an adult fan you may not get into it as much because with steven spielberg robert williams and dustin hoffman did for hook uh, you know i'll be honest but if you're a kid who never got a chance to see peter pan i think this is a good live action film that you could enjoy with your family for this because a lot of things a lot of there's a lot of positives to this this is a peter pan and no disrespect to the previous past stuff but this is a peter pan that everybody can enjoy because you're seeing you're going to see a little bit of every representation in this it's not just it's really not just you know yara uh, shahidi you know reprising or you know playing a significant role in here that people don't that some people don't agree with there's a lot more like asian african-american or african uh um you know white uh indian native american they're all in this movie there's a lot of representation it's so multicultural in this movie they fight from the pirates down to the lost boys it is very much multicultural in here and i really enjoy it. so like this is 
they made a Peter Pan for everybody to enjoy. And that's what I appreciate about this. Um, everybody except for those who just can't accept change. That's pretty much what that comes down to. Uh, I thought director David Laurie, who also uh, co-wrote this uh, movie, did a really great job because what they did, they also made some story development changes in here as well. Like Wendy is not just like the damsel in this movie. She also is more proactive in this to um there's also i don't want to spoil it for anybody because there's some things that we didn't know about peter pan or captain hook that they kind of reveal in this as well uh in terms of the the biggest issue some racist people had and it, it just call it what it is um was yara shahidi like there was the only thing it wasn't about the fact that they were making a new Peter Pan movie. It was the biggest issue that some people had, and I won't call them fans, that some people had, and they were just trying to bash. It was that Yara Sahidi was Tinkerbell. Why couldn't she be Tinkerbell? Why, like, the, the, it was, there's, God, I swear to God, some people are just so one-dimensional minded. And I just hate the fact that she had to go through that and screw it because I thought she did a tremendous job in this um i will also say i won't spoil this either but oh, i i, I kind of will it's not really enough to spoil but one of the changes that they made is the relationship between wendy and tinkerbell in here and if you read the book and you saw uh, some of the versions of peter pan you would know that tink and wendy weren't the best of friends it changes just a slight bit in this movie in here. So, I mean, it is what it is, but regardless, the performances were great. Um, Alexander, uh, Alexander Maloney plays Peter Pan. I thought he did a really good job as well. Uh, Ever Anderson, who uh, plays Wendy Darlin. And if you may recognize that name or seen her before, she also played in uh, Black Widow as young Natasha. She also was in Resident Evil as well as the younger version of the protagonist on that one. Uh, Jude Law played Captain Hook, and I thought he did fairly well. Like, I'm sorry, Dustin Hoffman knocked it out the park. One, they made him look exactly like the Captain Hook from the Disney version. Way more than Jude Law did. And I think they wanted to get away from that and make their own, you know, because Steven Spielberg already kind of beat them to it. They didn't want to make him look like, you know, they didn't, they wanted to steer away from the Dustin Hoffman performance as much as possible, and he did. Um, and still managed to make him feel like Captain Hook, but dude, Dustin Hoffman knocks. Dustin Hoffman did as great as Captain Hook as like Jack Nicholson and Keith Heath Ledger did as the Joker in jo in Joaquin Phoenix that measure. It was that damn good. So Jude Law did a he did a really he he did a very well version, but in terms of live action adaptation, Captain Hook's no Dustin Dustin kills it, man. So you had that. And um, who else was in here that I was knows? Alan Turdick uh, played Mr. Darling. I, I looked at him. I was like, he looks for me. I'm pretty sure that's him. And it pretty much was. It kind of has some cosmetic changes to his look and whatnot. Uh, Jim uh, Gaffing, Gaffingun played Smeed. The funny thing I thought about this version, he looks like him visually. Like they cosmetically made him look like Smeed. But he's taller. And the original, like the Smeeds that we've always seen was 
a smaller version like he was in, in height and scale he was shorter than captain hook he's like at eye view with him it was just weird because it kind of the dynamic between the two it really felt like he didn't feel like this version of Smee looked like he can do a coup on on captain hook if you wanted to he didn't look as less he didn't look less frightened at hook whereas the other ones was like they were shorter they were you know like a little bit more dumpier so they looked like they were more intimidated by hook because he was way taller than him because hook was way taller than him so i thought that was cool but he did pretty good as well and you know all of the everybody who's played the lost boys was cool too um it's funny they actually uh the twins too also have changed this time around too they have female twins played by uh kessler kessley and skylar yates they are actual twins they kind of look like um one of the obama uh daughters by the way so i wanted to point that out um you know everybody everybody in this movie did great i just loved i what i did enjoy about this is that like it's not my cup of tea from for peter pan per se but i think it is it's a great one um the production value was so great in here um that's the one thing i will say because we're in modern times now technology has evolved majorly so when it comes to flying doing special effects with you know peter's shadow and everything it, it was able to do it um, with justice. So um, kudos to them. They did a great job with this. I, I think this is going to be more catered for kids as it probably should. And, you know, us adults will always have hook. It, hook will always be our deal. But for you, if you are a parent, if you're a kid who never saw Peter Pan before, this is a great telling because it kind of does recaptures the old it kind of recaptures the old uh disney cartoon version and just gives it a more modern you know fix to it but i think this will be much more enjoyable for kids than it will be for um adults in this case but it is for everybody in a sense but like if you watch if you grew up watching hook you're gonna be like yeah it is not gonna compare so um in a lot of ways you could probably watch this first and then watch hook afterwards because it might actually, I, I don't know. It's been a while since I watched Hook, but it might actually fit the narrative, if you will. Because this is based on, like, this is actually kind of just basically a retelling of the story in its own way in here as well. So, um, yeah, go out. If you got Disney Plus, you know, another, you know, quality movie to watch right there. Now, maybe not the best of the, re, of the live action adaptations of these, but it's fairly good so go anyway check it out and folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and i got to talk about this because in preparation for guardians of the galaxy next week let's talk let's keep it marvel and i'm going to talk about why age of the shield 10 years later still matter and we'll do that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley flanagan the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle abear the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of teen titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things 
ACMG. Talk, time, live. Hey, this is Mega Rand, teacher, rapper, hero, waffle lover. And you're checking out ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Turn it up and share. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it's not my review, but a look back at one of the most prominent factors in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the form of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We are now 10 years into this series, and which premiered in 2013, it ended in 2020, and I decided to revisit this show, and mostly because, one, I haven't seen the show in a long time, and I wanted to see if it's still held up, but also just that conversation a while back where people felt like Kevin Feige claimed for some reason that this was never going to connect with the MCU again. And they just disconnected it and, you know, separated it, it distanced it from whatever. Okay. I'm going to talk about how ridiculous that is. And I don't believe a second or anything that he says, you can't just say something doesn't connect just because you don't want it to connect. When you worked diligently to make sure to disconnect like this show like there were there were used to be series or movies or specials or whatnot that we wanted to connect to whatever it is that they were connected to like a movie or whatever like say all right i'll give you an example uh highlander highlander the series we wanted that to connect to whatever was going on in the uh in the movies which it did because they got um christopher lambert to come in as Connor McCloud to help Duncan McCloud every once in a while. And in fact, they not only did that, they went on to make Endgame, you know, Highlander Endgame, which was the kind of the original Endgame at the time. And they connected that together and passed the torch to Duncan EA. You had to kill Connor. I hated that part, but the, the deal, you know, it was what it was. But I hated that he killed off Connor to, to be the uh, only one, which I don't think he ended up being the only one after that either. So it was like a waste. But I digress. They worked so hard to make sure to disconnect it to the MCU strongly. And then all of a sudden, in some interview, he claims that they're not they're distancing themselves from the MCU. It's impossible to do. They can't. There's no way they can do it. I'm going to talk about why this and, and why this is such an important show for the, especially the first two, three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This show, which, you know, came out with, which, you know, filmed 20, 136 episodes, seven seasons connecting to some of the most important moments in the history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's early phases. And not only that, we got to see appearances from significant characters from, you know, the movie, we got to see Nick Fury. We got to see Maria Hill, Agent Sitwell, who we found out was Hydra at the time, you know, during the uh, Winter Soldier movie. Felix Blake, who unfortunately died at the hands of uh, Deadlock. Peggy Carter, who reappeared and, you know, came back and forth to and didn't end up, end up uh, coming out with her own series. Connected to Captain America and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything that happened. The Holland Commandos even made an appearance in this deal. Lady Sif from the Thor movies made it in here, which we now still see in, in these, in these movies, president, uh, Elis, uh, which I just saw that. I literally just saw that episode recently. Uh, cause I rewatched it again. 
you know, he was on Age of Ultron. They showed him from there to connect there. Gideon Malik, who we saw in the Avengers movie, who's one of the consuls for, you know, of S.H.I.E.L.D., but we now know that he was Hydra. So we got to see, you know, I'm, I'm just naming just a few. There's so many more. But we also got, you know, introduced new characters from the comics, such as Deadlock, Mockingbird, Yo-Yo, Graviton, which is, you know, transitioned from another character in, in the series, Victoria Hand, John Garrett, Blackout, Scourge, Blizzard, uh, Laura Lee from, you know, from Asgard, Lance Hunter, The Absorbing Man, the original one of the original wrecking crew was in here which you know if you watch she-hawk you know what happened with the wrecking crew from there daniel whitehall aka kraken mr hyde glenn talbot who ended up becoming uh this you know the mcu's version of graviton lash played by blair underwood hive the patriot madam hydra the superior and my favorite which i thought was the best season of it all when he added Robbie Reyes, aka Ghost Rider, and with an appearance of Johnny Blaze. So in hindsight, we still don't know if that Johnny Blaze technically was the um, Nicolas Cage version, but it very much looked like the Nicolas Cage version of, you know, so technically that connected that aspect to it too. So, okay. Even if you heard Kevin Feige say that this does not connect, it is I, I call utter BS on this because there's no way he could do it. It is so instrumental to what has gone on. Like Coulson calling in Maria Hill to let the, the Avengers know that it's time to grab that, uh, that scepter, which led on to the beginning sequence and the beginning scene of uh, Age of Ultron. Come on. The situation that happened with Victoria Hand and the shield situation, which led to Winter Soldier, countless situations with thor it's it, come on it's just no way added to that this show still holds up incredibly i immediately when i started watching the first few seasons alone i got i i, my, I got revitalized i got excited again because i haven't watched him in so long i haven't watched him in, in, in like forever um Phil Coulson and, you know, Clark Gregg, I always get, you know, I'm not the only one that gets this. I, I tongue twist his name all the time because he has two first names and using one of them as a last name. So, but Clark Gregg, I, used to, I would say Greg Clark every once in a while, but Clark, uh, Clark Gregg as Coulson alone is the reason why we can't say this. He not only appeared in like most of the first phases, he later on appeared on Captain Marvel to answer. And, and by the way, because we haven't watched this in a long time, we can't. Now, if you rewatch the movie, if you rewatch the series again, you see how much of this series connects to Captain Marvel, and everything that happened to Captain Marvel connects to here. When he took in the GH, you know, um, to come back, you know, the GH uh, serum to come back to life, that they brought him back to life, and he started doing the Tahiti project. We found out that it was Cree base that he has a little bit of Cree uh, DNA in him now which brought revitalized his organs and everything that came back to life, which is, we can safely say is connected to Captain Marvel. They did this before doing the Captain Marvel movie about the Kree thing. And then what is the Captain Marvel movie based on? Nick Fury and Phil Coulson meeting up with uh, Cara Danvers against the Krees. So the Captain Marvel, the original movie, you guys remember, was actually the origin story of the Avengers. 
because she technically was the first Avengers, and this is where the event, this is where Fury got his, you know, the Avengers name and the Avengers initiative from. Um, the connections to the Kree and everything connects to that, which then connects to Agents of Shield. So there's no way you could really, you know, disconnect us. Um, you also had great characters like Ming Na Wen as Melinda May. How forgot how badass she was, and then we had Fitz and Simmons and their connection and everything that they went to you saw the evolution of those guys like all of this is coming back watching agents of shield back then in 2013 2013 was such a great time for fans um we used to do like before the divide the great divide of america if you will which kind of like just isolated all of us from enjoying you know all of our favorite fandoms together in this case we used to enjoy these all live as they were airing and it really had a lot of fun connecting with each other and enjoying these you know these shows just such a great time um but seeing the the evolution of Fitz and Simmons from just you know being scientists to actual agents and putting their putting their self on the line for certain um missions and then each other for that matter you know the slow build to their you know romance it, it was just incredibly written and well done you know, we talk about, we can say what we want about Josh Wheaton, but man, Josh and Jed, they, they knocked us out the park. They, you know, we loved their work in, in, um, in, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You say what you will about how he handled things with the cast and all the stuff, but damn if they didn't make a damn good show. Okay. Um, of course we can't talk about this without talking about daisy uh johnson aka sky aka quake which we didn't at in the first episode in the first season first and second season i would say we didn't really know that daisy uh, that sky was going to end up being the marvel character quake they kept that secret that's why they called her sky we didn't realize this and they, i thought it was well done how they you know did that and uh, trust me by the third season when she fully on became quake it was awesome i got excited all over again watching that when she had full-on costumes she had control of her abilities and she was handling her business like like nobody's business man um and you know i can't i'd be remiss if i didn't talk about brett dalton as grant ward i got angry all over again <laughs> watching this because it's like oh crap i forgot this dude is gonna turn on these guys and it's not gonna be pretty it's going to upset me again. And it did like, as if I didn't see this series before I was automatically like, damn him and Garrett, <laughs> him and Garrett got on my nerves with this, but we also got, you know, other characters like, uh, Henry Simmons who played, uh, Mac in here as well. He was awesome. We got to see yo-yo uh, later on in the series as well. You know, great, some great transitional characters appeared in here as well. Um, man, Pat Oswald playing you know making appearances in here is doing a great job pat Oswalt when he did the lanyard thing the lanyard thing became a viral famous thing and now everybody wanted a lanyard <laughs> at the time um but one of the saddest points still and i remember watching this and i just realized when i i i, I was like i felt like i watched this and i just now remember what was going to happen to a particular character and i was like Damn, I can't stop. I cannot watch this now. But BJ Britt as uh, a, um, Triplet, uh, Agent Triplet, and what happened to him? Ah, uh, dude, 
I was just I, I I just got pissed all over again watching this series, but in a good way because he was the man, and for him to be sacrificed the way he did, dude, I was I was just done. But there's so I mean, we gotta talk about Ruth Nega as Reyna and how and the part that she played in here too. There's so much to enjoy about this series again. If you haven't watched it in a long time, now's the time to recheck it out. And also it just it allows you to revive, you know, revisit a lot of what we loved about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what we loved about this series and what they've done. I mean, say what you will about the current state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but from the time that Iron Man came out to the to end game to uh, Avengers Endgame, it's been a phenomenal Avenger, and Agents of Shield is a part of that. You cannot take that away, regardless. Yeah, Shield is gone. Sword is here. You can say what you will, but look, this show, you you cannot disconnect the show to this at all. There's so if you watch the show, you know that Kevin Feige is full of crap. I don't know. I don't I haven't seen the inter I've read about the interview on articles before, but also they kind of retracted from this as well. And they kind of they retracted from the idea that this was disconnected, but even just the idea that he said that was ridiculous. It is utterly ridiculous considering the amount of how strongly connected this show is to the movies. You cannot. I mean, it's connected to Doctor Strange. It's connected to, you know, everything that's coming on up till a certain point. Even if they did decide to stay away from it, it's, it's not because it literally all connects. You can't. It's please, people do not take his words seriously. Just watch the damn show again. Enjoy the damn show again. All seven seasons of this. And I, and I will say they did have a slow season. I think they had one slow season. I think it was uh, season six was probably the slowest season they had. Wasn't the best season of them all, but they came back with season seven when they came out with um, with uh, the Ghost Rider season, which was absolutely awesome. They did Ghost Rider justice in here. Robbie Reyes was dope in this uh, show. So, man, if you I mean, there's so much on right now that I don't think people have time to really revisit things, but you want to watch something and a reminder as to why the MCU and why Marvel Studios has been so awesome. Go out of your way and watch this. And, you know, I got to end up watching uh, Agent Carter too, but I'm going to be pissed watching Agent Carter because truth be told, they they canceled that one. That one, I'm really pissed. They canceled that one without really settling it, but technically they did because at Endgame, in some of the movies, they kind of, you know, filled in the gaps of some of that. So, I mean, I'm not totally pissed off because, you know, by Endgame, they kind of brought things back into perspective and, you know, went full circle with Peggy Carter. And then also furthered, again, you cannot, you cannot disconnect this series because, hell, Peggy Carter, we saw, we, we still see Peggy Carter now. Peggy Carter has been seen in Endgame. She has been seen in, um... In, in, in the recent Doctor Strange movie, we've seen her reprise her role in What If. You can't, if you could try to say that you're disconnecting Agent of Shield, you got to say the same thing for Peggy Carter in a lot of cases because they all connected together. <laughs> so, again, the absurdity of that terror is ridiculous. Go watch this series again. You know, 
it's god it was so awesome there's a reason why it lasted seven seasons 136 you can't i said this before but i'm gonna say it again because people don't understand and i if you heard any of my interviews with any actors that i've talked to they will tell you it's not guaranteed that you know when they when they come in to do these shows and i think people are becoming more educated by this now when they come in and do these shows they're not they don't know whether there's going to be a second season it all, it all depends on how much support the fans give these shows how much ratings does it get and you know from that point how much revenue sponsorship and revenue that, that the show generates because of it all that plays a factor so i'll take it from the late great kevin conroy when i asked him did he have any idea that you know batman the animated series was going to spawn out and go to justice league and all these other things that he was going to like was that an original plan he was the first guy i heard that said it was no guarantees that he didn't even know that there was going to be a second episode of the series let alone seasons of the series because when you come in you do a contract for that one day and then as things go get better and if they start to transition and translate better with fans and in and, and ratings and whatnot then they start to get more but not in, it's not guaranteed because you and it makes sense you can't risk paying on something that's not going to give it back and you don't know especially when it's something that's experimental you don't know how it's going to come out so they do it on a case-by-case -case basis and they contract these got these actors on a case-by-case -case basis sometime and if it lasts but a season that's fine if they get more than like a second or third season that's success that is saying something because that means people are watching the show so anybody who has these misconceptions about like why didn't this show have more seasons or whatever like that it, the fact that it had seven seasons shows that people were watching they were dedicated they're still making money off this they're getting sponsorships for this and you don't look that you don't take that for granted so i'm really glad that they did but go back and watch age of the shield it's awesome it is an awesome 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 series you know everybody involved and it it was a great detriment to the marvel cinematic universe in that in that case so folks that will do it for this edition of acmg presents talk time live hope you guys enjoyed this and all of our episodes which you can check out on talktimelive.com all of our audio episodes our video interview exclusives are all on there as well and much more we got blogs we got other content in there i got panel panels that i worked on virtually with repop and such like that so go over there check it out all in there as well so this week i will be reviewing on select start the video game podcast i will be reviewing uh my full review my in-depth full review of star wars jedi survivor remember i'm still loving hours in and uh i'll give my full review of this so far so good on my end at least um so we'll be doing that as well as any other news that we're going in and then of course this is the week where guardians of the galaxy volume three we're going to say goodbye to the guardians on this movie so i'll give my thoughts on that on next sunday as well and we're leading down to a lot that is going on in june also this week we got an exclusive interview we're in celebration of street fighter 6 i got my man jeffrey chamba cruz who we be coming on this week to talk about his contributions to the upcoming uh game in the form of a new comic series that he's doing a few variant covers for plus we get to catch up with him on what he's been doing because if you call in the last interview that i did with him which was last year he was still quarantined in australia 
let's see what happens this time around. Let's see if we if he's able to go out and tour and do some other things and find out what he's doing next time this time around. So stay tuned for him. And then I got another little uh, special Street Fighter treat courtesy of the world warrior himself so stay tuned for that as well and um guys i'm looking forward to it so if you are subscribing and downloading to your favorite podcast platforms where everywhere where podcasts are played including spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher podbean tune in audible pocket cast pandora tumblr if you're on there just type in talk time live and you can listen to the show click on the link on the desktop version or the player on the app version and just keep supporting this show thank you again oh and i would say also um wrestling fans go out of your way check out uh i'm back with my man boris aguilar on uh tsn radio's extended podcast of sunday night's main event where we're talking about the last episode of aew rampage and much much more so go out of your way check that out it's on this patreon page go on to their uh facebook group you can join that as well great group of guys over there uh so great to be uh, connected with canada <laughs> so folks that will do it for me this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out here take care and i hope you guys have a great week Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.